And now, live from the studios of Freedom's Phoenix, Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Declare your independence of me, Ernest Hancock. We got on Tim Pichot, the Liberty Advisor, the Liberty Advisor. Um, Tim is founder of Crypto Self Direct and Wealth Advisor and with Innovative Advisory Group. Mr. Pichot is a trailblazer in the field of crypto wealth management strategies. Tim understands the challenges Bitcoin early adopters face as they struggle to get their substantial cryptocurrency gains from the virtual world to the rest of the world without getting killed by taxes. That's one of the main things that he was working on. But uh, crypto is um, going to play what role in this, whatever the hell is going on, you know, and, and explain that, Tim, you know, what is it that we're experiencing? What's happening? We're going to have what, what, you know, we so worry about the coronavirus and the lockdowns and all this other stuff. Um, what are we going into? Where should the money go? Oh, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Ernie. Uh, it sounds like even mainstream and even the government is starting to realize that the debt is unsustainable, which obviously everybody listening to this right now has known that since probably before I've even been alive. But it seems like now even the CBO, Congressional Budget Office, and other you know other people out there are actually now saying, oh, hey, look, this debt can never be repaid, and we're on a path of complete unsustainability. And no, I mean, I guess everybody except for the Democrats and Republicans and in uh, Congress, it seems like they have no idea what's going on in regards to that. But, you know, to me, crypto and Bitcoin is, a, you know, a hedge against when central banks ultimately lose control. And, I mean, they shouldn't even be there. So, I mean, I'm not, I mean, whether I want them to lose control or not is irrelevant because eventually they're going to lose control of the interest rates. And, you know, a lot, I'm not sure if we even talked about this on your show yet. I don't think so. But now the Federal Reserve, has uh, implemented an average strategy where instead of targeting 2% inflation, they're going to target 2% over, I believe it's like an unspecified amount of years. Like they, I don't think they even said, hey, it's over 10 years or 15 years or 20 years. It just says we're going to target, you know, a 2% average. So, you know, if we've been at, you know, zero or 0.5 or one, now they're saying, oh, well, you know, we could withstand a couple of years at five or a couple of years at 10, because then over the long run, it gets us back to two. And what they're really trying to do is make the, you know, the pain of all the debt that we have less painful. And then and, and a reporter actually asked Paul why it's important to eventually get inflation. And he said, so that way we can raise rates. 
And they're like, well, why do you want to raise rates? And he's like, well, so then that way when, you know, the economy falters in the future so we can cut them. So they only want inflation, so then that way the rates go up, so then that way they have room to then bring the rates back down. So ultimately they're never going to be raising rates. I mean, and I think even recently, I forgot who it was, either Morgan Stanley or J.P. Morgan, uh, John and I covered this. Uh, we've been doing a lot of uh, Tim and John shows recently, and also highly recommend people check out the one we did G. Edward Griffin, where we got into all sorts of stuff that people want to talk about in terms of, you know, did Trump nationalize the Fed? You know, what's his take on QAnon? All sorts of goodies. So definitely, and actually, you know, watch it on, if you watch it on a library, it's actually going to be a better audio version than the, uh, than the YouTube one, just because of, I did the YouTube one live, and anyways, it came out better in post-production on that. But, uh, yeah, when it comes to the Federal Reserve, they're just, uh, you know, they're under the pretense that, you know, they can start raising rates whenever they want to. And, oh, yeah, I was talking about J.P. Morgan, with, with, uh, what they're mentioning. And they're saying, oh, well, because the Fed was able to complete a hiking cycle during the last financial crisis, that we feel very confident in the Fed's ability that they have everything under control. And I'm like, like we completed what hiking cycle? I mean, you're, you what, you raised the rates a few times. Uh, because Trump was touting how great things were, that basically, you know, they had they ran out of excuses not to raise, not to keep the rates steady anymore, and you raised them a few times, and all hell broke loose. I mean, it, I mean, people forget that a year ago, the repo. I know you didn't forget, but the repo markets were breaking down, and you had, you know, uh, like one, it went from you know being overnight to two days to you know a week to three months to some of them I think were out for like a year. And, you know, it got to the point where they were doing like a trillion dollars a day in the overnight markets. And, and that's, you know, that's all stuff that people can go back on the podcast from a year ago and, you know, listen to what was breaking down. But that's, I think this whole pandemic was really just a cover for all the stuff that was going on in the financial markets that were already going to blow up. The corporate bond market was already going to blow up. And now the Fed actually owns a third of all the mortgages. So, I mean, that's a, not a lot of people are, are really aware. Uh, and obviously, you know, this audience is not the average, you know, audience. Uh, so, you know, a lot of you guys are probably aware of this. But the Fed owns a third of all the mortgages now. Uh, you know, they own trillions of dollars of corporate corporate bond debt. And no one's talking about this. Nobody cares. And it's all, you know, and to me, I think a lot of the, the QAnon people and the diehard Trump people uh, you know, are willing to look the other way because there's always some grand plan that, you know, just any day now, every all the pedophiles are going to be rounded up and Hillary's going to be in jail and the Federal Reserve is going to be taken over. And the most important part is that you just shut up and criticize anybody like me who's trying to point out these problems or people like you or a lot of the audience, except for Dr. Frank. Uh, you know, a lot of people are just, I think, I think if anything, the QAnon movement is one of the probably one of the second greatest psyops, I mean, the first one being the pandemic, but with, with QAnon, and actually, uh, you know, basically the cliff notes of G.R. Griffin's response is that he, you know, was in complete agreement with this. Uh, I, I didn't tell him my, my stance on it, but he, he was even going back to that there was a movement during his day, and they even called it Nasara because of this whole, like, debt reset plan, Nasara, Jasara, and and people are talking to me about this all the time, and I, I'm like, and I constantly think it's BS, and I, it's just really frustrating. That constantly, you know, that the biggest people I'm fighting against constantly are people within 
that should be allies in this. But now it's, oh, well, you know, you don't know what you're talking about with the Fed because Trump actually nationalized the Fed and, and he's, you know, there's going to be this great debt reset and there's going to be a new, a new cryptocurrency called Ripple. And then Ripple is going to, you know, be the new world currency. And so not only, so I'm like, and, and it's just so frustrating, uh, you know, you know, because I really think it's, it's setting people back. And I know I've gone on and I've probably given you no, a lot No, go, of go, go, man. I'll stop you when you're boring. Okay, well, man, <laughs> this, might be a new, this might be the new record for most time I guess has been able to talk on your show. <laughs> this, I just woke up, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just we're, we're at the point now where things are, are so bad that I, I just can't believe that I don't know what it's really going to take. And, and I think ultimately it's going to take when the tensions blow up, uh, you know, Chiefly amongst it being, you know, the Chicago pension, Illinois. I mean, that's probably going to be the one that like triggers everything because then, under an emergency, I'm sure, you know, President Biden is then going to be able to, you know, convince Jerome Powell or whatever other lackey he has in there at the time to then, you know, because of some crisis that they're even though these pensions were screwed to begin with, they're going to then come in and and have the Fed, you know, basically uh, buy up all the all the pension debts and then make everybody whole on that. I mean, that's – and then uh, who knows? It might, you know, trickle in all the reparations and everything else. And then, uh, you know, wouldn't that be great? I mean, wouldn't that be funny that, you know, we, we give out, you know, $5 trillion or $10 trillion of reparations, and then that might be the thing that then guys everything, and now everybody gets a very quick lesson in economics. Uh, uh, we're going yeah, to we're gonna get more or less in economics when we come back. Ah, that's what uh, saved you, man. You know, saved us from the Tim Pachot rant is the break. But <laughs> we got plenty to talk with Tim about. I got lots of questions and things to clear up and get notified on when we come back. Be right there. To be a part of the show, call 602-264-2800. 602-264-2800. Two six four twenty eight hundred, and now Ernest Hancock and the Liberty Advisor with Tim Pachot. You know, one of the things, the stories that's up there is that uh, Amazon has uh, one of the guys from the intelligence community uh, leaving the United States government and going over to Amazon. Well, then they have a big controversy over Peloton is a couple thousand dollar stationary bike of. It yells at you and go faster, chubby, and whatever it does. And um, uh, there's a comp- competition that uh, was on Amazon, a $500 version of we did it cheaper in China, knock off a of Taiwan of something. And they make a big deal out of this. And, it, and the name of that bike is Echelon. Echelon was a uh, surveillance program in the 90s to where they were surveilling email and stuff. That's a long story. But it's uh, I'm going – you know, for them to have this bike that they're they're involved in or they're not, and then to have a surveillance guy to have a bike in your face staring at you, watching you exercise of, as your biometrics go into the grid of the computer. It's, you know, nothing's funny anymore. I mean, it's to go wow, but I'm I'm. Is there some links in there somewhere, Tim? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just now I I did. I mean, I woke up like right before this. So I didn't have time to fully dive into it, but apparently Amazon itself is saying it's not now involved with the Echelon Peloton killer bike. But who knows? But anyways, I thought it was if if that was if that wasn't the case, I was like, man, it's pretty brazen, especially given the fact that what a week or two ago you had 
Uh, General Keith Alexander, uh, former NSA head, is now on the board of Amazon. And then they then they named their uh, bike Echelon, which you know that was the program that sort of uh, I almost call it like legalized the five, like the Five Eyes uh, global spying ring with Australia, Canada, New Zealand, United Kingdom, obviously America, where uh, you know all the big you know NSA intelligence agencies that they have are all allowed to spy on other people's citizens. And so what is probably going on is there's probably some sort of parallel construction where the NSA is spying; they know exactly what an American citizen is doing. But they're not allowed to go get that information. So they'll say to, you know, the system over in the uh, U.K. and say, hey, you know, we need you to go check out Bob Smith on this day doing this and, and grabbing the info. So then that way it's somehow, you know, we're not in a video over here, but I would use, you know, air quotes saying, you know, legal. And so it's just, uh, and then the fact that, you know, now this thing is in your home connected to everything you're doing and it's called Echelon. I was like, man, how Fitting. And it obviously that's it's over probably 99.9% of people's heads besides, you know, you know, your listeners. But, you know, most people, if you just said echelon, they'd have no idea, uh, you know, what that is. Yeah, no, it's just to. in your face. They just like, and nah, 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 nah. it's like they sit around laughing, you know, or something. There's, it's just weird. And then to have ABC come out and go, oh, you're not one of those crazy, you know, people that think we're ruled by pedophiles and sex traffickers. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm going, wow, that you would even say that, you know, this is there's something weird going on. And the one thing I, I wanted to make sure we covered the uh, dumping crypto, gold and silver. What's up with that? Well, I mean, they all are, you know, relatively small markets. And the other thing is, you know, there is, you know, a big correlation between, uh, you know, people probably don't want to hear this, but between the stock market and Bitcoin. So, you know, if people just lost a bunch of money in the stock market, and, that, and this is setting up for one of the worst Septembers uh, ever. And September actually is historically, I believe, the worst month. It actually has a negative uh, year, like uh, on average in the month of, because every other month in, in, on average, the stock market goes up, like over the course of, you know, <coughs> since, you know, 1920s or 1890. But September actually is, I think it's negative 0.5 or like negative 0.8 on average. And so now we're down, I think we're down closer to like 7 or 8% right now uh, for the month because we started the month off. And this even includes 2008. Uh, and so they call it the September effect. And so, you know, in September, I mean, the stock market's down close to 8%. And, you know, and what we saw, you know, when people panic, they, you know, they sell out of what they deem to be riskier assets and they move into cash and, you know, and maybe it's some profit taking with people in, in gold and silver. And but and, you know, I think the important part is you take a look at where the you know resistance is. You know, with, with gold and you know it's pretty much you know in the grand scheme of things, right about where the other all time the old all time high was. So I mean, I think it's a long term. Not to sound too much like Peter Schiff, but you know, it's a long term bullish sign if the new resistance is the old high. And so, you know, I'm not really concerned about, you know, like the day-to-day movements in these. I think if people are buying them, they should be, you know, dollar-cost averaging anyways. Uh, another thing I'm looking at is if you take a look at the – you can just, you know, search engine uh, crypto fear and greed index. And I'm not looking at it right now, but it's probably like a 47 or 45 on the scale of 0 to 100, with 100 being absolute greed and 0 being extreme fear. And so, you know, the fact we're above 10,000 and have been holding there for a long time on Bitcoin and, you know, we're, you know, relatively speaking, you know, it's a sort of a calm, neutral 
Because in the, in the past, when we've been above 10,000, it's been more of the extreme greed or, or greed. And now it's, it's, you know, getting more into, uh, you know, complacency of, yeah, that's just where Bitcoin is. Not to say, you know, obviously I don't have a crystal ball and don't know where it's going. Well, I'm looking at, you know, Bitcoin Cash, when it gets down to 200, it's 216. I'm like, damn, man, I want to buy me a bunch. And, um, and silver, I, you know, I was like anything under $20, as much as I had, I was just buying me silver. I mean, you know, $100 here, $500 there, because I know it's going to be, I don't know, I'm just doubling my money, you know, sooner or later. But the, um, but when you, you look at these stock prices and everything, that's in dollar. It's not adjusted for inflation. I'm not really feeling that the economy is making these biggest strides. It's just inflationary. You know, it's 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 ten thousand of you know two thousand twenty dollars. I mean, that, that even the same thing as before nine eleven. You know, you, twenty years ago. Uh, you know, if you were above six, eight thousand on the stock market, woohoo! You know, rock and roll. But I'm. Um, does that take into account? Does there somebody have a chart when they look at the value of the dollar purchasing power itself? I mean, I'm sure there's people that have made those charts. I mean, certainly with you know Bitcoin being so in the grand scheme of things new, uh, I don't really think there's it's long enough to have all those correlations out. But you know, things like gold. You know, notwithstanding the, you know, having oil being traded negative in April, but, you know, there's, there's always been constants that, you know, uh, you know, a barrel of oil costs, you know, X amount of ounces of gold or, you know, a nice rifle or a nice suit, you know, there are certain correlations to all that. And, uh, you know, a lot of that has held up for a very long time. And then another thing when it comes to these indexes, like I know we were talking about the stock market before, and this is a point we've brought up before. So, I mean, you take a look at something like the Dow Jones uh, Industrial Average. They just kicked off, I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, Josh and I did a video on this, but they kicked off, uh, or not Amazon, uh, Exxon recently. And and so there's hardly even any industrial stocks even in there. And, you know, it's even completely different than, you know, in 2008 versus today. It's different five years ago versus today. And so when you take a look at, oh, well, the stock market's at, you know, whatever it is, like 27,000 on the Dow, well, it, compared to what? I mean, it's completely different makeup. You know, it's, it's like you're comparing apples to oranges, and they're always, you know, uh, you know, kicking off some of the, the stocks at, at that point that are kind of reach their max growth potential in their opinions, and then try to put in other stocks that they think have more room. To, other uh, stocks. To well, then maybe we'll talk about the when we come back from the break. Uh, S and P 500. Are they going to include Tesla? Why didn't they? Are they going to? How does that work? Then Pichos explaining to us what the future is going to be here directly. Roads? It's the Ernest Hancock Show. Where we're going, there aren't any roads. We don't need no sneaking roads. Okay, what's coming up is the presidential debates. Let me give you some of the dates and so on because uh, – Tempachote has an opportunity to do with a lot of the influencers and um, tinfoil hat with Sam Tripoli and all that kind of stuff. But I, uh, he may do that and come over to us or back and forth or neither or both or whatever. But uh, Dr. Frank and I, we want to, yeah, I'd like to get in on that. I think you know, Bob Anderson would be, you know, fun to talk with. Maybe Jay, you know, just uh, all of us, whoever wants to come in, we'll just do a thing live with the debates. See, I don't know how much we want to, you know, break in or whatever, or just comment after or throw popcorn at the screen or something. But um, 
that's what we've always done at the Hancock home. Donna would have a big plates of something. You know, we're doing Philly cheesesteaks or, you know, different casserole, whatever the heck. We'd have something to eat and we have a party. And we're just sitting there, you know, that half of us, you know, pay, kind of sort of almost paying attention. A lot of times it just get boring. But, you know, Trump at least wasn't boring. Now, the first presidential debate is Tuesday, September 29th. So that is uh, this next Tuesday, right? Let's see. Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, so this next Tuesday is September 29th, the first presidential debate. Well, that means we're going to be up at uh, Derek's. So, yeah, we got, you know, good Internet connection. And Derek get to play. We can do it down in his bar. That'd be awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So we're going to do the first presidential debate Tuesday, September 29th, and Wednesday, October 7th, which is, I guess, uh, like a week later, is the vice presidential debate. Now, that's going to be interesting. They have Pence and, um, and Kamala. I can't even... I can't even formulate possibilities on that. What do you think these debates are going to tell us and how they're going to go? What do you think, Tim? Well, I mean, everyone already has their minds, you know, made up before they go into a debate. And uh, I don't know. Did you did you happen to see that one thing where it showed someone had a lawn uh, decoration, but they had a toilet? Yeah. On the. In the you can't yeah. do that because people you know, think it's a real ballot box. Like, you know, if, if anyone thinks that's a real ballot box, like, do you that really was their reasoning. And, and why is there, <laughs> yeah, and, and why is there, why is there, like, this push to get people to vote last second? I mean, we all know why, but, you know, like, yeah, like, I really want people who don't pay attention to anything and are looking at, you know, Cardi B interviews to go, uh, you know, go vote in this. And actually, I did just find the 2016 sponsors of the Commission on Presidential Debates. It is literally brought, the number one sponsor is Anheuser-Busch, then AARP, the Howard G. Buffett Foundation, so that's, you know, Warren Buffett's, uh, wow. I think, one of his children, the Judy and Peter Bloom Kobler Foundation, the National Governors Association, and Phillips were the 2016. I, I couldn't, I know, I saw something saying Anheuser-Busch is back again. And they're not even an American company. It's actually a Brazilian company. So why the hell is, you know, Brazilian company, one of Warren Buffett's kids, uh, this other foundation that goes to support Jewish causes, and Phillips, which you know, Phillips, I don't think is an American company either. Uh, you know, why are why why are these people the ones who get the? Because they the love America, uh, dummy. Well, we know why. It's because <laughs> the whole it gets into the whole you know story with you know with League of Women's Voters and all that other stuff. But in terms of the debates, I don't know. I feel like it's like Mike Tyson getting into the ring with you know one of these guys that are going to last like three seconds. Uh, you know, watching Trump and I am no I I can't. I am so shocked they're even doing it. This has got to be so staged and managed. One, it's going to be. I'm. I'm. This. I. I would pay per view this. <laughs> you know, just I mean, like going, Mike I mean, Tyson. They're... I want to see that. See if it was a choice between Trump and Biden and Mike Tyson, it'd probably lean towards the Tyson thing. And you know, I'll read about the other later. But you know, I'm just going. Wow, this is going to be entertainment. But I, I want to bring this up before we run out of time in this segment. Uh, former New York Mayor Mike Bloomberg, who has committed at least $100 million in Florida towards electing Joe Biden, has raised another $16 million to pay the court fines and fees of nearly 32,000 black and Hispanic felons so they can vote in November election. He just says, here's $16 million, pay off all their crap so that they can still. I, that's another thing to me. 
court fines and fees uh, pay off to be able to vote. That's a whole nother. Yeah. Are you kidding me right there? I'm just uh, that they do well, that. Speaking, speaking oh. of Florida felons, speaking of Florida felons, uh, Kingsley Edwards, happy birthday, Kingsley. Uh, his dad is happy getting birthday. a uh, getting a hearing today. Is getting a hearing today to be really? potentially released today. Today. Very cool. Well, so good luck were, on that. They were supposed to. They were supposed to do it, I believe, in April, but then because of coronavirus or March, and, and you know they couldn't figure out how to do a Zoom meeting. So here it is, and he's been in jail for, a, and now it's 27 years. At the time, it was 26, and uh, you know they couldn't figure out a you know a Zoom meeting back then in, in Florida. But anyways, yeah. So send some positive vibes, Kingsley's father's way, uh, and I believe, uh, yeah, there's different you know uh, change. Yeah, he was uh, jailed for part of the drug war of cocaine of some something i don't know whatever you know probably now it's i don't even know if it's even illegal what he was doing but it's um uh yeah i was one of those he's victim of the drug war and kingsley grew up without his dad so it's, yeah I mean, uh, yeah i know it's a sad story yeah it's a sad i mean his so his i mean the quick version is his, his dad was set up by his dad's ex-girlfriend who was an informant uh, and he got caught selling, I think, like $850 of Coke to his ex-girlfriend. She was an informant, ratted him out. Then they gave him, like, two 30-year sentences, so 60 years. And then she felt so bad about it, she committed suicide right after. So it's, like, a pretty big, uh, you know, you know, sad story. But, you know, getting back to, yeah, Florida felons, I mean, if, if you even take it back to, uh, you know, the, the Bush election, you know, part of how he won Florida is that they threw out all the votes of the felons that were voting. The company that they were using at the time to do that was called Choice Point, and my father-in-law was the one who set up. It was the one setting up all the Choice Point branches, and I know that he, well, I almost yes, he hated Bush with a passion. And I think he was second in command there, and I know that he. Now he's never told me any of this. Uh, but I, there was some other investigative reporters, like uh, I think it's like Greg Palace was the one doing an investigation on this. And I, I also heard Greg Palace bring this up, and I'm like, oh, that was my father-in-law's company. Like he was the guy that was like the one setting these up, like all around the world. And it was using that company that threw out a lot of the black people's votes in 2000, uh, a lot of the felons that then paved the way for uh, George W. Bush to to win that one. Uh, not that you know two different crime families, you know, running, you know, whether it was Al Gore, who then went on to create a hedge fund with his partner, Blood. So then it was literally a Blood and Gore hedge fund, not oh. even making that up. <laughs> uh, I, like, literally, not, not even making this up. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I forgot where we're going with this. But, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's an obvious, uh, you know, influence of the election if you've got somebody who's saying, that, hey, I'm going to, you know, pay off like a $1,000 fine for you. I mean, how are they – allowed to do that and you've got all the acts well it's still it's still where, not certain i guess it's net more for the democrats but it's still not certain that you, you pay off my crap that i'm gonna vote for who you, hell that i even go vote or they just you know walk them uh, the early balloting they got on them you know they kind of sign here next sign here next i mean this is just craziness and, and it's any and everything. And it seems like it's, is it to really change the balance of the voting? Or is it just to give the impression and excuse of that this is how it happened? We just worked harder at the corruption at it and we uh, stole it fair and square. And it, just to give the impression that they won. And that's well, I why I don't do, care. 
Well, they need to do everything and anything they can to defeat Trump. And they didn't need to, they, in their minds, they didn't need to do all this stuff in 2016 because we were told, you know, Hillary has, you know, you know, it's only like a 2% chance of losing. It's in the bag. There's, you'd have to be an idiot to think Trump is going to win. My grandfather staged an intervention with me in October of 2016, uh, basically telling everyone how, you know, basically he's like, Kim, you're a smart guy, but you're telling everybody that you think Trump has a decent shot. And I didn't say it was in the bag, but like, he does a pretty good shot at winning. And, you know, people are, it's at least a coin flip on this. And he's like, you know, you sound like an idiot for saying that. And, you know, he's got absolutely no chance. And, and, and so if you're part of the today, you're part of the, you know, CIA, FBI, and, Bar Tempachos, the Liberty Advisor, libertyadvisor.com. We come back in just a little bit. It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. And Tim Pachot. You know, one thing, uh, the first time we had Tim on uh, years ago, it was during election time. It might have been 16. Yeah, I think it might have been. And um, it was was, uh, Bev Harris from Black Box Voting and John breaky from audit az which is election fraud thing we just had him on last week or so and uh he's doing some focus there in maricopa county and we're talking about you know things that were going on then well you know uh we'll get tim the contact information these guys because this is timely subject now for your show and talking to him and it reminds me to get bev harris on again and see what's up but i you know i'm so past it i it is so messed up it's just the only thing that really matters is just general public opinion. So I'm out working on that. Now, we're just, you know, supporting activists of, eh, I think we'll decline. And that's where it's going to come. It's going to be passive resistance. It's going to be that Gandhi thing, Martin Luther King Jr. thing. It's just, yeah, I'm not fighting you. I'm just not complying. You're going to have it. Yeah, I'm just not complying. So that massive noncompliance is the really, I think, the best way of doing this. In fact, it's what always has worked. It's just that that's why they're beating you over the head, you know. All right, so um, and, and we need to get in Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing, too, and how that's affect everything. What do you want to talk about in this uh, last segment there, Tim? Yeah, well, let's finish off the goodies for uh, that, that I was leaving off on. So in 2016, everyone thought Hillary had it in the bag, and so uh, a central thesis of mine that I even brought up at the very end of my Anarcha Poco talk was that, uh, listen, in 2016, if you thought Hillary had it in the bag and you worked for the deep state, are you going to risk a felony, you know, trying to commit, you know, basic retail voter fraud and, and encouraging people to vote multiple times and, and different mail-in voter fraud? Are you going to, you know, be as, you know, uh, you know, forthright in trying to, you know, hack the election, you know, actual, you know, boxes? I can know, like, uh, I think the Department of Homeland Insecurity was trying to hack the ones in Georgia. I remember, and then uh, you know, so all, and then you got the fraction magic that's going on. But all this stuff, if like these are major, you know, crimes and felonies to you know engage in this stuff. And if you think Hillary has it in the bag, are you going to be you know as you know willing to? I mean, obviously, you know, still a lot of fraud is going on, but you're not going to be as motivated to commit this fraud if you think somebody has it in the bag. Like, why are you going to risk going to jail for ten years if? you know, the person has a 98% chance, or in liberals' minds, they thought there was no chance. Just ask Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who thought she was going to be, you know, stepping down underneath, you know, the first woman, woman president. Instead, she gets to have uh, Trump pick her. 
pick a replacement. Not that it's like her seat or anything. And so that was a central, you know, tenant of mine was that, uh, you know, in 2020, now that he's in his second term and he would be unconstrained by trying to have to run again. Not that I, you know, but I'm not holding out hope in any of these guys. And, and I thought he should have had the pedal down to the metal and, and not played ball and not played nice with any of these guys to begin with. That's a whole nother, whole nother topic. And now with, uh, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passing away, obviously stuff's, you know, been cranked up to an 11 here. I think he absolutely should pick. Uh, and the problem is, you know, half the conservatives that are up there on the Supreme Court aren't even that conservative. Like, you got guys like John Roberts, for Christ's Which sake. Which is, up there who, I think he's you know. compromised. There's a lot of evidence oh, that yeah. way. And over the years, I remember his confirmation and the promise of and what side he's going to be on, all that kind of stuff, like uh, – Obamacare was a big one. Man, he definitely did handsprings in that opinion. There was some mental gymnastics going on big time. I'm like, what the and you heck? Got the, and you got all the inside baseball with, like, Trent Franks, you know, changing his vote on Medicare that then led to then getting John Roberts in and all the background story of all that stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm not really super – and even Kavanaugh is not, in my mind, some great guy that's up there. I mean, he was – you know, you know, advocated for the Patriot Act, I think helped write some of the Patriot Act. And so then all the focus became on, you know, what he was doing in high school, which, you know, I highly, you know, doubt any of those stories. And this audience all knows about, you know, Blasey Ford and how she was connected to the CIA and how her dad was running some banking thing for the CIA and how her brother was tied into that as well. And, you know, he couldn't, uh, she was running some like Stanford, you know, CIA recruitment thing. And now she was supposedly raped by him, which, you know, you know, I don't think anyone actually believes that. Uh, but, you know, actually there's quite a few people that believe that, and that just shows you where we are at with a country. But uh, I don't know. I'm just sort of uh, at this point looking forward to the day that America gets broken up or something at this point because I think it's really beyond repair and that there's, uh, you know, and I'm sort of like you where I don't want to fight these guys. I just want to outlast them, which is why I've been, you know, every day looking at different, like, RVs and RV. Well, you know, how's that uh, going? Let's talk uh, about that for a minute. You know, this is a, a big deal. I was, uh, Luke Radowski and I were going over, I got a walk and talk kind of video thing. that I really like the one that he has, and I've had it for a while. I just haven't opened the box because you got to, like, do stuff. So last night we were going over it and kind of we're, once we get the bus back and we get stabilized and how we're going to be doing all the shows and everything, we're going to you know get a lot of information and regular things, uh, segments throughout the day, and we're going to be all funky. But um, uh, his RV is a double pop-out with a high ceiling that's a fifth wheel, and that thing is huge. I mean, it's not super big or long, but the way it's set up, it's just it's bigger than his apartment you know, in New York. He's like, shoot, man, this is awesome. He's just looking for places to go. Biggest thing is just Internet. You know, he's got, you know, some uh, solar and he's got another generator coming up. But it's always going to be communication. So what are you looking at? Do you know what Luke's got? Have you seen it? No, I haven't, I haven't seen what, what Luke has. Uh, and I'd be interested to see how he likes that versus what was he in a kind of like the with Taron Lupo. Sort of yeah, like it was a, just a, like that a, RV. A fifth wheel because you can unhook it, and he's got this big Dodge Ram 2500, you know, like my son's diesel pickup truck of, oh, ha, ha, ha. No, 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 no crap. He has in his RV, he got two of them, in the RV and on his hitch bumper, these two big, you know, hanging uh, titanium testicle scrotum bag thing. 
Because it's Sean or Luke? Luke. <laughs> I thought he had a. I don't know. If, sorry, does he have a hanging mask off one of his testicles too? He's got the their silver testicles hanging on the truck bumper, and he is proud of them, yeah, too, truck, man. Truck nuts? Truck nuts. Yeah. No, he just, he got a pickup well, truck. He's just going to do it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I've been waffling back and forth. It's, yeah, that was the same vehicle I was looking at, too, the Ram 2500. But it's, uh, yeah, I've been waffling back and forth between, you know, doing that versus, you know, doing – because, I mean, I've also got the consideration of having the girls, too, and, and they really like the idea of having, like, a bunk bed type setup. And so I've been talking with them, too. I mean, they're younger, so – you know, I got some different considerations, and then trying to set something up with the fifth two, wheel thing for. Around. I if I had to do this all over, and I had like all the money in the world, and kind of whatever. Um, I like the bus because it's classic. I mean, it, it's it's the bus for what I wanted to do, and I like it, and it's a big freaking tank of whatever. But um, if I did a diesel pickup and got a nice uh, fifth wheel like he's, a, that's a that's a pretty good rig that I would be. And that's kind of what you were talking about, and. Um, I, I'm I'm digging it. You know, it, it'd be a good thing to do. How would you use it? What do you, you know, just as a bug out or to be able to travel to different things, to be able to travel? I mean, what? Yeah, that's the important thing is as, as I'm trying to narrow it down is trying to define how I'd use it. But, you know, certainly, you know, uh, June, July, August, and probably, you know, some of September, I'd hope to not be in Phoenix very much. So maybe, you know, going up and visiting family in the uh, Northeast also, you know, who I'm probably not going to be, you know, I'm definitely not going to be taking the vaccine. So you know, who knows if I'll even be allowed to fly anymore. So, you know, that was a great timing getting my, you know, TSA pre-check February 19th, or it is, you know, it becomes useless for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so, I mean, you know, visiting families and, you know, going up to Pork Fest and then over to, you know, Jackalope Festival and, you know, for a lot of August, of, you know, being up there and and then, uh, you know, probably going to, you know, a few different events here or there during the off, you know, when it's, you know. Cause it gives, I, you, I, I would like to it gives you a lot of options. Before we run out of time, uh, what do people need to, you know, pay attention to on the uh, stock market election? I mean, send them off with some actionable information of what they need to look for and go to. You know, the libertyadvisor.com. I mean, give me, give me, tell them something. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been, you know, breaking down a lot with John Snyson and Josh Sigerson doing, you know, a lot, been a lot more active recently. So you guys can, you know, check out, uh, you know, the podcast and subscribe and appreciate that. I would definitely, you know, recommend you guys check out the Gio Griffin interview because hit him with a lot of uh, hard questions. I hated doing, but hit him with a lot of the more difficult questions right up front about, you know, QAnon and, Trump and all this other stuff. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I highly recommend checking that out, especially on my library page. And, uh, so yeah, I, I think that, uh, I also think that, the, that Biden is somehow going to remain victorious, even though he's going to get his, you know, what kicked during the debate. But, you know, I think it's already going to be rigged, and they, all they really need to do is rig a few different counties and a few different states. And that's, you know, and if they can, they are. If they can, they will. They definitely can do it, so they are going to do it. And uh, you know, the system's going to go from broke to try to make sure Trump gets out of there. They're going to pull every... I, mean, I can't even imagine different October surprises that are going to be going on. And-